Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first class luxury meets world class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. This is the most dramatic podcast ever, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to the most dramatic podcast ever. I am Chris Harrison alongside Lauren Zima. It's so good to have everybody here today because the show is about you. We are going to open the phone lines, take your calls. It's always one of our favorite episodes that we do when we get to interact with you because the show's about you. Well, I was, we were about to sit down and do this episode. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we're planning to do it. And then some major news did hit though, babe. And I have to say, it's making me wonder what kind of questions we might get today because I've had several people text me, call me, ask if you were going to do a podcast about the news that broke this week, which is that... The creator of The Bachelor, uh, Mike Fleiss, your longtime boss of about 20 years, um, the man who hired you, has, quote, per the article, stepped down, stepped away from the show. So I had several people reaching out and asking, is Chris going to do like an emergency podcast on this? Um, But, you know, obviously, you know, I've had like 24 hours to process this news. I did want to ask for everybody out there, though. 
what was your first reaction? I, I actually, what was, give me your first emotional or one word for when you first saw the headline. Surprising. Mm. I was surprised. It was uh, news that filtered out early Tuesday morning, obviously planned very carefully to come out after the finale on Monday night, early Tuesday morning, this announcement comes out. And very surprising, Hmm. I would say, if I had to sum it up in one word. (laughs) It's very interesting. It's very interesting to me. Obviously, before you and I ever started dating, I covered the show as a journalist for uh, three three, I don't know, three, four years before we started dating. And then we started dating and I continued to cover it and we kind of kept things uh, separate. You know, I wanted to cover it from a place of also joy. And so I would ask you to not tell me spoilers and not tell me things. Um, But this is very, it's very interesting. Maybe do you want to explain for everybody? Because this is kind of on the one hand, huge news for the bachelor world. But on the other hand, like I watch a lot of shows and I don't know who the creator of those shows might be. So do you want to explain for everybody who Mike Fleiss is? Yeah. Cause it's kind of interesting. You know, this is huge news. It, it is massive. Mike Fleiss created the bachelor. It was his idea. It was his baby. He's the person who hired me as Lauren said, back in 2001, it's, that's who I met first. That's who I had several meetings with. That's who was on hand Every day of the show, especially early on, his involvement ebbed and flowed throughout the years, um, but that's who's made every major decision, casting who the Bachelor Bachelorette is, the direction of the show, the pulse of the show. Um, that is what the creator and slash executive producer does. Um, so that's who Mike Fleiss is or was to the show before he, quote unquote, stepped away as of Tuesday morning. And I say that because this is what I found confusing about this surprising announcement is I'm not sure what that means stepped away because as the creator of a show, you can be a lot of things. You can be active. You can be an executive producer and be there day to day, or you can just sit at home and collect mailbox money. There's nothing to step into or step away from. Right. Yeah. Again, I guess I'll put on my journalist hat here. And when I first read this article, the first sentence is Mike Fleiss is stepping down in the, I'm in the article deadline, uh, Hollywood, which is where I think it first came out. Mike Fleiss is stepping down from the creative team of the bachelor franchise after more than 20 years. Look, I'll be honest. My first reaction was (laughs) LOL. (laughs) I, I, I just don't buy it. I don't think that Mike is stepping down. I don't know why he would. It's the, this franchise is from what I always understood his whole world. This is the show he's known for. And these are the only shows he does. And there's no reason. There's not a reason ever given in the article. And I don't know why it's something you would need to announce, like stepping down. Why would you need to, why would, what would be the point? Like there's no, he's stepping down to do this or away from, or there's no reason given, which is very strange to me. Maybe let me give some, some backdrop on what Lauren's saying that has nothing to do with this show and nothing to do with this person. Mark Burnett, Mm. incredibly creative, brilliant man, creator of Survivor, if you didn't know, um, among many other things, The Apprentice and other great shows. He, quote unquote, stepped away from Survivor many moons ago. Jeff Probst and his crew took that show over a long time ago. There was no major announcement. There's no, because Burnett's still, it's still his baby. It's still his show. He's still the creator of the show, but he, quote unquote, stepped away. Would you compare it if you're a parent and you announce I'm stepping away from parenting my child. Like my child turned 18. I'm stepping away. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. 
And there's one sentence in particular that I actually take issue with in this article, having covered the show for many years. Quote, while he's remained associated with the franchise, Fleiss hasn't been involved in the day-to-day operations of each series in about a decade. First of all, if you just go look at his Twitter, Mike, that's either not true or Mike doesn't want you to think that's true because he would tweet photos from the set. He would say, night one, here we go. He would tweet that he was making major announcements about the show. He would say, this news is coming up. He would say, are you watching? And I mean, it was always my understanding that he was like, I'd heard from other journalists that he was in the control room on night one. There were some journalists who were sometimes brought into the control room. I never was. Um, I, and that, that, and that was very recent. That was in my time on the show. Um, I think somebody did, somebody did like a piece, like reporting from the control room a few years ago. Who was it? Um, was it Kristen Baldwin? Yes. And she was like live in the control room. And I think she talked about it. So if you're in the control room on night one, I don't, that's you being pretty involved in the operations of the show. And I mean, I have met Mike a few times, but it's been at bachelor things. He was, uh, when they started to do the, those bachelor live, when they tried to do that live tour with Ben and Becca a few years ago, he was like there on the opening night. It was my understanding that Mike was still involved in a lot of the show. And to say he wasn't for a decade is wild to me. There are obviously a lot of things I know. And I just can't say, but there are a lot of things that make you go, hmm, I can definitely say more will come out only that I know. And I don't know what these people are working on, but I heard that there are multiple journalists working very hard Mm. on this story. And that I found very interesting. And again, I don't know anything about what those journalists are working on, but I did hear that that is happening. So there is a lot more to come. We will follow this story because obviously it is a big story that I don't think will just be swept under the rug because it came out Tuesday morning, the night after the Bachelor finale. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just curious, who are these producers that are taking over? How do you feel about this? Kendall, producer Kendall, I love when Kendall jumps in because Kendall is such a longtime fan of the show. Kendall, I'm glad that you brought that up because that stuck out to me too, actually, and I'd forgotten to mention it. So it says, longtime executive producer Bennett Grabner, along with Claire Freeland and Jason Ehrlich, will be taking over as executive producers and showrunners for the franchise. Now, I know Bennett. Mm-hmm. I'd met Bennett several times covering the show over the years, um, and he's just been there a long time, so that was not surprising to me. But... Having covered it and met meeting several of the producers um, year after year, I was really surprised by these other two names because I don't know them. And many other producers had come to mind for me who I would have thought the show would have promoted along with Bennett, people who'd been putting their time in there, who are incredibly talented people. So, uh, babe, do you know Claire and Jason? I think it says Claire was from Bachelor Canada. Yeah, so Claire, I do not know. She came from Bachelor Canada. Um, Jason Ehrlich worked with me. He's a, he's an old friend. Uh, I've known Jason for many, many years. Um, famous uncle Ken Ehrlich, who did the Grammys and a lot of award shows for many years. Yeah. They're related. Hmm. Um, Nepo baby. No, uh, (laughs) (laughs) different story, but, uh, yeah, Jay, uh, worked on the show for many years and then went off and then kind of came back and forth and jumped in a bunch of reality shows. And then obviously Bennett, as you said, you know, Bennett, he's an old friend as well. Bennett's been with me on the show for decades. Uh, he came, rose through the ranks and a uh, talented producer. And so, yeah, there, those three are now, according to this article in charge, 
you know, the Bennett of it all, even Jason Ehrlich, not the most shocking, but I was a little surprised. There were a lot of people I worked with for decades who are unbelievably talented that I thought that their names would be on this list were even either executive producers or co-executive producers that aren't there anymore. And, and that's that, again, surprises me. Again, I'm just speaking from my experience of covering the show. Look, I would sit on set for hours to explain you guys like I would go on what's called a set visit. And so that means you sit on the set and you wait for hours waiting for the contestants or the bachelor or bachelorette to be available to do an interview. And during those hours of waiting um, for when they'd have a break in production, I would talk with the producers and make small talk with them and get to know them a little bit. And again, many of them are just lovely and so talented. Some incredible female producers there, by the way. Um, and I would hear a lot from producers' frustrations that they were not getting the chance to move up, that they were not getting their talent fostered, that they were not getting um, opportunity on the show. So that popped into my mind a little bit when I saw that these other two names... Again, I just knew... I, I mean, I covered the show for like six, seven years, and there are so many other producers who I thought would have been in that trio with Bennett. And so I was just a little bit surprised by this. And I, and I don't really understand why, what it means or where it comes from. It's another strange point of note in this article to me. So very mysterious. I think what it leads you to believe is that there is more to this story, more to this than what was kind of quietly put out Tuesday morning, the day after the finale. So there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to this. I know there's journalists and, and other people looking into this that think there is more smoke where this fire is burning. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we're going to wait and see. We'll continue to follow it up with you. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. 
Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman. Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Chris, we actually had a direct message. That's a great question, and I'm actually curious what the answer is. Did Mike Fleiss hire you, and how did he find you? Yeah, it was, he actually did. Being the creator of the show, he was, uh, you know, there were others involved, obviously, from the network and the studio. But yes, he was the first meeting I had, and he was essentially the person that had to give the final say, just like the, he does on who the bachelor bachelorette's going to be, et cetera. So yeah, he hired me and it was really a funny story because I did less to get this job as the bachelor host than pretty much any job I'd ever had in my life. I, there were, you know, usually you'll have to go in and read or you'll audition, but there was just this show that was rumored about for quite some time, like six to eight months. And I had an agent and my agent said, there is this reality show. And again, this is early days. So that didn't even mean much. And it's this kind of relationship show about dating. And it seemed very odd, very weird. And all I knew it was from the guy who did, uh, was it who wants to marry a millionaire or whatever that old Rick Rockwell, Darva Conger show that was on Fox. And when the list, there was, you know, there's always a list in Hollywood. This list got narrowed down, narrowed down, narrowed down. I ended up on the final four and they said, they would like to meet with you. I went in and met with Mike and some other executives and the meeting was horrible. I mean, it was a disaster. Mike and I <laughs> hated each other. It was like oil and water. Really? Yeah, it was. I mean, the worst meeting. How do meeting, you hate someone in a meeting? What happened? We just it, we just didn't get along. Honestly, jo so my son Josh had just been born. He was like six weeks old. I was so tired. I think I probably had spit up on my jacket. I was just a mess. And so uh, on me, I did not put my best face forward. They were looking for what I heard was the guy next door, kind of that just married, you know, a dad, someone who wasn't threatening. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I remember you told me they really wanted someone who was married. Yeah. And, and another thing that was in my favor, they wanted a no name. A lot of times what they'll do with shows is, oh, we really want a name that'll help sell and help promote the show. And so, you know, it's like, oh, bring in Jimmy Kimmel, bring in Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. So that'll help. And they wanted an unknown. They didn't want anybody to steal the limelight from who the bachelor bachelorette was. Thankfully, that played right into my hands because I was an absolute nobody. Um, and <laughs> well, and so, it makes sense they wanted someone married because you're going to be 
around right. a house full of women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they didn't want it. They to, didn't want questions raised or. But I did hear later. It's funny that first season because nobody knew the concept. No one knew what the heck was going on, and we didn't even really understand how to set up night one. When everyone got out of the limo, there was Alex Michelle, the first bachelor, and I stood like twenty feet behind him, and I heard later. You know, to us, it was obvious, but the women, they had no clue. So they got out of the limo and the women said, well, I don't know who the bachelor, like oh, which funny. one is which, the guy? Which, which dude is it? Yeah. Which one am I supposed <laughs> to be excited about? So that's how it kind of started. And then later, obviously I was nowhere to be seen on the arrivals and all that stuff. We clearly got the hint, but that's how it all started when. But so in that meeting, what went wrong? I, it was just, we were like oil and water realized we were, you know, I was you know, buttoned up in my suit and tie, you know, hair combed, combed over and, um, you know, typical ready for a job interview. And Mike Fleiss is kind of this large man that wears sunglasses indoors and, and wears flip-flops and a black. Very LA. Yeah, very LA. And so I, I'm not- So a, you were like Texas, wear a collared shirt and he was like, LA, I'm in my flip-flops. Yeah. At that point in my life, I was fresh off the boat from Oklahoma City. So I'm coming out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, where I'm a newscaster, sportscaster, and I meet this very LA guy and I I don't get this city. I don't get Hollywood. That's not me. It's not my family. It's not my life. So we just didn't click at all. And, but bizarrely, I got a call several weeks later that says they want to meet you again. And I said, why to continue this joke? Like, are they punking me? They just want to see how much worse I can be. But I went in and, and Fleiss came out and he, he yelled across the room. He's like, Harrison, you were horrible in our first meeting, but I hear you're a good guy. Let's do this again. Hmm. And despite our differences, we hit it off and I got the job and the show began that, that spring. That was like in October, whatever, November, 2001, uh, heading into the holidays. And then that spring of 2002 is when we started shooting the show and we started the Bachelor franchise. But that's how it all began. And so, yeah, he was, he was there from day one. Let's go back to the phone lines. Julie's calling in from Sacramento, California. Julie, what's on your mind today? Well, I'm wondering your thoughts. I've watched this show from the very, very beginning, and this was the one season that I chose not to watch it. I couldn't even record it. Oh, wow. Why? So, what, why what made you change like that? What made you turn away? I, I don't know. I've, I'm just bored. I'm bored with it. It's super predictable. You know, I mean, I just feel like I could write the script. Well, that's, I, I guess if you feel like, if, if you feel like there is a script and there's a format that's repeating itself over and over and over, then wow. yeah, that, that, you know, is something. And, you know, look, there, there is something to that of, of the ratings, you know, being down there. They, this season was again, the lowest rated season. Monday night's finale was by far the lowest rated finale in the history of the show. And there was something to, you know, going in and talking to the bachelors or bachelorettes. And I would say, okay, we're getting ready to travel or we're doing this. And there was nothing that they didn't know. I mean, these people, as you just said, Julie, you grew up uh, you're going to date yourself because you've been watching. You said from the beginning, that's 21 years. So you've been around as as long as yep. I have. Obviously, it's formulaic and things haven't changed that much in, in those two decades. And so the audience, you're not dumb. You know what's going on with reality TV. And so, yeah, when you know what's coming next week and you've seen it and done it before, it, it's hard to watch over and over. Well, I think what you were alluding to, babe. Hi, Julie. Yep. How are you? <laughs> Um, I think what maybe you were alluding to though, is 
the idea, like you just mentioned, when you would go in and people would know what was coming. I, I do. It's interesting. A couple of years ago, we started talking as I was covering the show about how, you know, and I think everybody felt there's this problem with people wanting to come on the show just to be influencers. Like they right. know they're going to come on the show and they're going to get a certain following out of it. And so that takes away that genuine desire for love and makes it all seem fake or, and kind of make, gets them in their heads on the way they're being on the show. I think now what you have in addition to that issue is that people auditioning for the show have grown up watching the show. So they know the formula inside and out. It's like when you, you know, when you've like prepared and studied for a test, you know, they just know what's coming. They're like, oh, here's where hometowns are going to happen or here's where the travel is going to get announced now. And I wonder if that's contributing to the boringness of it. But Julie, what, what do you think? What, what's turning you off about it at this point? Well, okay, here's, I mean, let's again, dating myself. So 21 years, I'm almost 54. So I mean, I feel like an old lady. I'm watching girls that would be my daughter's age. So that could be part of it too, that it's just not interesting anymore at my age. That's so interesting. The demographics change, right? Well, Julie, what are, first of all, I think 54 is, uh, I, right. I, you're a young, uh, a young spring chicken to me. But I, I mean, because I'm, look, I'm in the same boat as you, <laughs> not from the aspect of watching somebody who's 25, but I, from the very beginning of covering the show, I always struggled with, like, actually, if you go back, babe, the very first Bachelor was in his early 30s, right? He was like 31, 32, yeah, I think. Yeah, I believe Alex was, yeah, I think he was 30, 31. And I think this Bachelor's 26, maybe. I've struggled for years with covering. I know it's not that many years of a difference, but there is something very different about where you're at and how ready you really are to get engaged at like 20, I'm not saying person to person, it could be different, but overall, I've struggled for years with 24, 25 year olds versus 32, 33 year olds, I think are in a very different place. And I do think that genuineness has been missing from how young the contestants on the show have continued to get over the years. Julie, thank you so much for your call. And uh, I'm sorry you lost one of the great loves of your life in, in this show. I'm glad we were there for you for so many years, uh, but it is, it's tough when you, when you kind of wake up and realize this doesn't do it for me anymore. And, uh, and then you got to go find that new thing. And so I hope you, I hope you find the new love. Thanks guys. Thanks, Julie. Elsie, you had a good point you brought up to me the other day, cause you mentioned something that just struck with me about the influencers and people that came on the show and you noticed how that's changed dramatically as far as their impressions and their involvement. Oh and- yeah. This was, well, we were just talking about, I look, I'll be honest. I haven't watched the show since you left. I had not looked up anybody on social media from the show in a while. And I was just curious because I did see the headline this week that it was once again, I mean, honestly, every season since you've left, it's been the lowest rated show, the the new lowest ratings that there's been. And then I saw a headline when they announced Mike Fleiss is leaving. There was some headline like, is this the beginning of the end for The Bachelor? And I was just curious and I went and looked at the, Instagrams of the leaving bachelor and the leaving the exiting woman that he picked and, and the, um, new bachelorette. Yeah. I looked at the new bachelorette and the guy, the bachelor leaving the show, I think when I looked had 140,000 Instagram followers and that spoke volumes to me because it used to be a million. 
It used to be one, you would leave the show as the lead with about a million followers typically. Pretty much a week after we announced you were the Bachelor, the Bachelorette. You'd be at almost a million yeah. already before your, your, your season started. And that's started. for guys who, guys get much less following than, than women do. The Bachelorettes blow up even more. But I, I mean, 140,000 followers that, and then I thought, you, you know, maybe I'm, maybe the, the following is happening on TikTok now. And then I went on and looked on TikTok and I could be wrong if I was looking at the wrong account, but I think he had 5,000 followers on TikTok, 5,000. Like that's wild to me because I do think that probably what the show has been saying over the years, the, the past year or so is like, well, the ratings are down, but like the streaming numbers are up. But if people are watching it on streaming and still loving it, then they would still be going and following these people on social media. And that is not happening. Yeah. It makes you kind of go back to a point we made weeks ago, which is the social relevance is just not there. But you know who is there? Abby from Cleveland, Ohio is here with us on the line. Abby, what's going on? Hi guys, I love you guys both so much. I literally have The Bachelor on in the background, but I have it on mute because honestly, I kind of want to echo what you guys were saying about like how this season just hasn't been as great. I definitely like feel the same way. Like I feel like it hasn't been, I don't know. It's not the same since Chris left. I think that's pretty obvious, but yeah, it's just not been like as good in my opinion. Well, it's interesting. Is there something yeah, in particular, Abby? Well, so I love that it's now your background. It's like CNN at the airport. It's just on a TV, just playing. But, you know, I, I saw, you know, stories written and, and social media, you know, saying that this was a snooze fest and people were bored by it. But I'm curious because I don't watch. I haven't watched since I left. Is there something in particular you feel has changed? Is there a tangible just reason why it has now means less to you? Um, I think I honestly have a hard time like pinpointing, but I think the last season I really enjoyed was probably, um, pilot pizza, <laughs> pilot pizza season. That was great television. Yes. I don't, I don't know like what it is in particular, but it just, it's dropped off for me a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. And I really think it has a lot to do with you, Chris, like leaving, but maybe just maybe. It's Barb. Yeah. We all miss Barb. Oh, Barb was great, Abby, wasn't she? You know what? Maybe she was the key to this whole show. <laughs> I think you I think I, I would agree with you, Abby, but yeah. the, those couple seasons, there was a run there with like Hannah, Colton, and Peter, where there were some major moments. You just had TV moments, Colton jumping the fence, Barb, Hannah, and Luke, and her moving that pedestal away from him um, at the rose ceremony. Like those moments so good. stick in my mind. And it was really good television. I'll never, I just love that. that. I'll never forget standing there and Hannah just picking up the entire rose pedestal, which by the way, wasn't very light. And, and <laughs> while, like I'm taking my ball and going home. Yes. That was brilliant. But yeah, those were epic, epic seasons. I do have a question. Um, my question for you, Chris, was what season of The Bachelor was your favorite to work on? <laughs> um, well, the way you kind of articulated that question is very interesting. What, my favorite to work on is a great question because it's not my favorite season per se. The one I enjoyed working on the most honestly okay. would have to do with my kids. Um, most of the major events on The Bachelor, I can relate to my children. My son was born when I got the job. And my daughter was born, I'll never forget, it was right around uh, Trista and Ryan's wedding and Meredith's season of The Bachelorette was wrapping wow. up. And so 
I remember my kids being born on this show, growing up on this show, traveling with me. They lived with me in Paris. They lived with me in Italy. And so those are the seasons, early days when, you know, it was more about walking down to the Trucadero and getting a, uh, as my kids called a crepe, a chocolate taco and sitting there and watching the Eiffel Tower light up at night. And so those are the nights and the seasons that meant the most to me. And the, and I guess I would go further. There are seasons where I just met dear, dear friends, people that are now a part of my life, our, our life as LZ sitting here, like Andrew Firestone, Bob Guinea, uh, Trista, um, Jojo. Like there's people that came into my life, Ben Higgins, you know, and I'm forgetting many, but those are all special seasons to me that I really enjoyed working on. Some, you know, weren't as fun as others, but it's work. Just like everybody else's job, there were some seasons that were tougher than others to get through. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing that. That's so cool that your kids got to travel and everything too. That's awesome. It was. And to watch them grow up under that was pretty good. And by the way, thanks to all the teachers out there because I, you know, would, would allow us to say, hey, by the way, we're leaving this week again. Uh, can you just send the homework with us? And so we, we got a lot of support back <laughs> home. But Abby, I appreciate you calling and thank you for listening. And I, I hope you find love either in this show or a new show soon. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> thanks, Abby. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. 
And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman. Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. We're going to go to Katie in uh, Ben Higgins' home state of Indiana. She's up next. Hey, Katie. Hi. Oh, thanks. Um, I just, I'll just make it quick. Um, it's nice to be on the phone with you guys. It's cool. I love listening to your podcast. Um, I just had a question. Would you ever consider going back to The Bachelor now that there are new producers involved? Um, great question, Katie. Great question. I said this before when the rumors came out that were swirling several weeks ago about ABC or whoever the network talking about bringing me back or asking me to come back. And I said at that time, never say never. But I also said at that time, there were some things that would have to happen. Um, And it's not just financially. There are things that would have to change and things that would have to happen. I can say one of those things has happened. One of those things, one of the biggest hurdles has now happened. Now, does that mean I want to go back or would? Not necessarily. Um, I love my time on the show and I liken it to a relationship. It's not necessarily a great idea to go back into a relationship because you just remember the fun, great things about it. There were some bad things that you obviously got away from that were toxic and bad, or there wouldn't have been a breakup in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. So again, I, I never, you know, as my mom taught me, I'll never say never, um, but that that has, yeah. you know. Things, things change in life. Things can change. <laughs> well, you've been my favorite host. And when you left, I was definitely sad. And I've watched a few seasons since then, but I, I agree with everyone else. I think you've been the best host. Thank and, you, Katie. So, I appreciate it. And, and you, appreciate there, it. there was one other part to your question that I will finish because um, you mentioned about working for different producers because there are new producers. Well, two of them I actually know very well, and, and they're both I would consider friends of mine, and that is Jason and Bennett. Bennett and I have worked together for many years. We still talk and text, and um, he's a good man and a good producer, and so is Jason. And um, Jason actually met his wife on the show. His wife was a bachelorette on Dr. Travis Stork's season. And oh, was a contestant. He was a contestant on the show. Oh, wow. That's and amazing. They, it, was, it, it didn't, and by the way, nothing. Nef- there was nothing nefarious. I, let me just clean this up. Nothing nefarious. Nothing happened while they were on the show. It was much later that they reconnected and fell in love and, and got married and have been married for quite some time. But, you know, Jason and Bennett, I know um, the, the woman they brought down from Bachelor Canada, I don't know, um, but obviously they feel like she can do the job. Um, so it really wouldn't be that strange as far as going back to people I don't know. Um, but Katie, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. God bless. And let's go to Lisa coming in from Tennessee. I like, we've been all over the map today. Hi, Lisa. What's your question? Hi, guys. Well, first, oh, okay. So huge, huge fan of both y'all. Thank um, you. Oh, I love your accent, Lisa. We have what from the beginning, from the first season. And um, actually, Chris, since I'm almost a big fan, she called me one day and said, you know, you should meet him. I'm married. So um, she, since I'm such a big fan, she's like, you should be on. He wants to be a millionaire. You can't be on The Bachelor. So I was on with you. I was a contestant on your show. No way. And yeah, I met you in um, Beginner's Luck Week. 
You remember that one? The, um, the contestants who had never been to Vegas. I was going to say, so we're talking Vegas because I shot, I shot in Connecticut one year. So you, you were during yeah. the Vegas years and we had beginner's yeah. luck week. Yeah. Where we did a, uh, I think it was a tie in with Caesars or, or whoever it was. And so, yeah, we brought people in, yes. put you up. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. That's, that's amazing. How'd you do by the way? I did, I, I did pretty well, but I'll tell you what I remember about you. You were just as nice and sweet in person as I thought you'd be. And I know how it sounds that I've met other celebrities and that's not always the case. Well, thank and you. That's why, you know, you were exactly, you were the Chris Harrison that I saw on The Bachelor. And I think actually, I, you, I've been listening and you were talking about what the show's lacking. When, I remember our conversation. I remember you asking me questions in between us, you know, uh, taping the show, where I was from, what was my job, you know, the college that I taught at at the time. And you were very focused. And I think there's a lack of that. Nothing against Jesse, but I think when you talk to a contestant, you're focused on them and very authentic. And I think that's what is lacking. I wow. really do. Thank I you, Lisa. that's part of what you brought to it. But I do have a question for you. Oh, yes, please. Um, since you, yeah, since you found love after divorce, as have I, because, you know, the bachelor's a little different. Uh, everybody out here looking for love is, you know, in their 20s or 30s. So you've got a lot of viewers. Fortunately, I found love, too. So I'm happily married, just like you, you guys are going to be. But having, having said that, what advice would you give for your viewers who are in their 40s and having to navigate being single again? Because it's a completely different dating world, as you know, um, you know, when it's been, you know, 10, 20 years since you've been out there. For me, I, I guess my advice, because this is what I did, find your own lane and find your own speed. And, and it's not a one size fits all. And it's up to you to make it your priority. And I, I do think you have to treat it a bit, little bit like a job. If you're going to date... It has to be something that's important to you to go put yourself out there in whatever arena that is. If you want to try the apps, if you want to try it, that's fine. But maybe you're a different type of person and you want to just try and meet someone at church or you want to meet someone in a church group or something different in that regard. So find your speed in your lane and go with that because it's it's what works for Lisa is not what's going to work for me. It's not what's going to work for LZ. And LZ, you weren't married for 20 years. But you had to do the same thing. You had to get back out there in this modern age and you had to decide. Well, when you just said treat it like a job, I, I, um, I'm I a theater kid and I always made it made the analogy of you've got to like do rehearsals. You know, <laughs> I think that I think it can be a really intimidating thing to start dating again. But I would just tell myself, look, what am I really going to lose if I go out on this date and it amounts to nothing? Right. You know, nothing really. Like, okay, I had a date. It didn't work out. It doesn't reflect on me. It just means we weren't a good match. I think a lot of the time people take rejection um, personally. It's very hard not to, but I looked at it as you're just trying to write, find the right fit and we weren't the right fit and that's okay. And you just kind of have to know you're going to have to get those reps in to find that right person. You are going to have rejection. You are going to have dates that go bad because you've got to get your rehearsals or your practices mm -hmm. in before you find that new right person again. You think about how long you were married. Well, it's going to take a little while to get back in the dating pool again. So don't be discouraged. And it's just as important to know what you don't like and what you don't want out of love and life as it is to know what you do want. And the only way you know what you don't like is to find out and that's going on dates and, and look, those bad dates, they made for good stories that I still tell to this day. And I'm sure many of those women oh, yeah. tell stories about our first date and how bad it was. <laughs> well, Lisa, I appreciate the time. And I, and by the way, I'm so glad you found love. Oh, okay. Thank you. 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 Th
thank you. And congrats. I can't wait to see this wedding. And I'm so happy for you guys. Lisa, thank you. What a sweetheart. Thank you. From Tennessee, let's drop down to Florida. Sarah, Sarah. Hi. You just might be the final call tonight. So <laughs> the pressure is on. <laughs> no, Sarah, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Phenomenal. I have. I just have a smile on my face, honestly, because I'm just talking to listeners and I enjoy this. Elsie and I love this. Oh, that's so wonderful. And your relationship just seems so beautiful. You and Lauren seem so happy. And I'm happy that you seem happy. Um, I've been watching The Bachelor since the very beginning. And you starting this podcast has been so therapeutic for me because I've been going through just sadness and withdrawal not watching you on the show as I'm sure there are many fans who have felt that way. And Katie brushed on what I was going to ask you, you know, how do we get Chris to come back? And whether you even want to or not, you know, it, I can tell that you've made a peace with a lot of what's happened. But my question was going to be as a fan base, is there anything that we could do <laughs> to show our love for Chris Harrison? First of all, Sarah, those were unbelievably <laughs> kind words, and thank you. Um, I have found peace, and that that is the best thing you can say about me and about this whole thing that's happened and going through this process is I am 100% at peace. And this podcast has been cathartic for me just as much as it has apparently for you, and being able to come out here and connect again and talk, and it has kind of reignited the fire. And so- to go maybe a little bit further on a, on a question I answered earlier from Katie about coming back, you know, coming back doesn't necessarily mean it has to be on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. And maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's a new way. And so I'll leave it at that for now. I want to thank everybody who took the time to call in today. Truly appreciate talking to you. That's what this whole show is all about. It's what the podcast is all about. Um, is one of our callers said, just reconnecting, a chance for all of us to be together. Um, and speaking of, this show obviously is for you. So I'm, I'm curious, who would you like to hear and see on the show? If you have a suggestion of a guest that you would like me to bring on, to interview, to talk to, let me know. Leave it in the comments below. Go to our Instagram page at the most dramatic pod ever and let us know your thoughts. And you can always leave your questions and comments there as well. Again, thank you so much. We will continue to follow the big story out of The Bachelor as well, because I think there's a lot more to be said out of that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next time, because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. 
what advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So yeah. the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first class luxury meets world class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.